0: All right, uh, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back to our show. Our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-Y-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show, David Staples. Hello, David. How you doing? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. Before we get to the Oilers, we were having an animated discussion. You know that the Quebec Major Junior League, which is majorly underwritten by the Quebec government, Okay, they get a lot of help from the taxpayers in that league. You know where that money comes from. Anyways, uh, they have uh, banned fighting in the QMJHL. I am of the belief that the players need an option to police themselves, um, and so it needs to stay in the game. I've watched university hockey for 40-plus years. I love the Alberta Golden Bears program. I'm not going to apologize for that, Uh, but... It sucks when the Bears get up in games and teams start doing cheap stuff and there's really no recourse if the officials can't protect the players. Um, That's my take. What's your perspective?
1: Well, fighting is fading from hockey. um, And... um that said, and I'm I, I was listening to you and Mark Spector have this conversation and I agreed with everything Mark said on it, I have to say. People love the fights. When there's a fight at a at a hockey game, the crowd erupts. It captivates the crowd uh, like few other things in the game. So if you're selling hockey and trying to sell tickets to this and you know people love this, you'd think you want to keep it. I have a certain amount of, of ambivalence myself because – I think what I'm noticing is that the players get more injured in fights. Now I'm not sure why it is, but it seemed like in the past it wasn't as common, but there's been a number of Oilers uh, in recent years, recent decade who have been injured in fights. I think Surrey was, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, Ethan Morrow might've been Um, that, that, and and it's starting to, it seems like they do a lot of damage to each other in these fights they're they're bigger now they there's a lot of force so and we also know about concussions so I'm glad that I'm glad that the the role of enforcer and that kind of constant you know where the guy would fight 20 25 times a year right that's no longer the case and we don't have that in hockey anymore but fans like the fights I like the fights I mean that fight that Mike Smith had with um the, the, the was it Rick or no it
0: was Cam Talbot it,
1: wasn't it Mike Smith who got in the fight? Right. With the, oh, it was Cam Talbot. Was the Calgary goalie? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Smith and
0: Talbot. Yeah, yeah. It was okay, awesome. that
1: fight. That fight was one of the best moments of the season. So you know, it was it made Mike Smith a folk hero in Edmonton. So you're going to take that away from hockey. Um, I don't know, Bob, about like whether if the player do the players need that to police the game if the referees um, did a really strong job of protecting the superstars in the NHL like they do in the NBA we wouldn't need fighting I just think I think what we really need in terms of rules is referees who protect the star players in the NHL that's what I would rather see it rather than anything else to do with fighting I think that's kind of immaterial if those referees did their jobs we
0: wouldn't be having this conversation see and I think David the game's fast Uh, Connor's the fastest. I do think McDavid's got more calls in the last year and a half or a year and three quarters than he did, you know. Like, I used to complain about this more three or four years ago. I think McDavid draws a fair amount of calls now. Um, last night, Boko Amama buried Leon settle with a hit. No one saw it. Like, if it was I mean, it was an interesting one, right? Just for me because Mama can really chuck him. He can, He was yeah, ironically a he was guy. a former Quebec uh, Junior League tough guy. But now he's not George LaRocque. I mean, George was a destroyer. George could put you down permanently. So, Brendan, were you able to uh, pull it up, or what do you got? Not that quickly. Not no. that quickly. Oh we, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll we'll leave the Dave Staples uh, end of the interview with it. Then let's switch focus, David. So I'm going to read you the stats. Since Christmas, the Oilers have accumulated the second most points in the, in the NHL, 52. They have a 23, 8, and 6 record, which is a 7.03 winning percentage, which is top five. They lead the league uh, in goals and in power play percentage. Are the Edmonton Oilers a pretty good club? What do you think?
1: I think so. And we, uh, we did a call to hockey poll this week, Bob, uh, how the Oilers are going to do in the playoffs. And, and more than 50% of Oilers fans now believe. The Oilers are going to make the Stanley Cup finals with uh, 28% in the poll thinking they're going to win the cup this year. And um, I voted with the 28% that the Oilers are going to win the cup. Um, I mean. Why do you feel that way? Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are not going to be denied. Now, I felt that this last year, um, after they beat Calgary, I thought the orders were going to go all the way as well. And I, I didn't know, and I didn't know enough about how that Colorado team had gelled and just what a level McKinnon especially had taken his game to. McKinnon and McCarr had taken their games. The Colorado team doesn't seem to be quite what it was last year. And the way that McDavid is playing this year, Bob, like whatever, you know, he went supernova in the playoffs. He's continued that all season long. And the level of determination we're seeing, there just seems to be... A, a, a moment for players when they will not be denied and I see that with Drysdale and McDavid this year and the, and the supporting cast is there. Now that Holland, the reason that fans are so optimistic is in, in the wake of the Eckholm trade, yes. how that's transformed the defensive unit. He's, he was exactly the player that the Oilers needed, and Nick Bugstad was another player. You need that checking line. You need a solid uh, third-line checking line. And I think, I'm not exactly sure, sure who's going to be on it, but I think Holland addressed the two biggest needs, other than goaltending, which, which he couldn't really address um, at the trade deadline in Bugstad and Eckholm. So, you know, the Oilers have done well since then. This looks like a team that has all the elements... That a Stanley Cup winner has, except for one, and the one question mark is goaltending. But if if they can get at least average, maybe a bit above average goaltending, uh, like Colorado got last year, they can win the cup.
0: Uh, well, the Avs no longer have Nassim Kadri nor Andre Burakovsky up front. So those two guys that played in their top six last season. Uh, they still have that defense. And they have Edmonton's number when it goes into OT. Between the regular season and playoffs, they've won five games that have gone to overtimes or shootouts in a row against the Oilers. Now, Edmonton's in there in the uh, first week of April. Uh, actually, might be early in the second week because I think it might be around April the 10th. It's gonna. It's on a long road trip for the Oilers. It's gonna tell us something. That game is gonna be an interesting game because a lot of people think it could be a rematch of the Western Conference Final. We got to see. Like Colorado clearly is not as good this year as they've been. I think the Oilers are probably a little bit better. That said, Mike Smith had a nine fifteen save percentage last year, and uh, Stuart Skinner's at nine ten, and, and Jack Campbell's obviously in the eight eighties. Um, so there's there's a fair amount of confidence. Is Zach Holman Bouchard and the number one pairing?
1: You know, I, I, I'm hesitant to say that uh, because I think Nurse and CC still tend to get put out there against the toughest competition. It's it's more shared, but as long as Nurse and CC are being used as the shutdown guys um, consistently against the best players in the league, and I think that's still going on. That's what I'm noticing. Um, it, it, it's It's more like they have... To they've got a solid top four and they're kind of interchangeable, but um, Ekholm and Bouchard, it, it, what it, you know what it speaks to, and some people aren't going to like to hear this, is how much they missed Duncan Keith. The arrival of Ekholm, when Keith got his game going in the second half of last season, it helped transform the Oilers, and gave Bouchard all kinds of confidence. And we're finally seeing that same kind of Evan Bouchard again. Um, Although, you know, he's got got his detractors, people who don't like his style of play and will never like his style of play, but he is playing really strong hockey right now. And that veteran presence of Ekholm just makes such a difference, just like Keith did last year.
0: Absolutely, David Staples joining us from the cult of hockey. It's interesting with Bouchard because uh, you know he has had lapses, and there was a turnover on the goal, um, and I think that yep. fr- the the, the two one goal. And by the way, that line was terrific for Arizona. Hayden at center with Schmaltz and uh, Keller. They they dominated the orders five on five because the orders the rest of the way completely owned that hockey game. Yeah, that
1: was a fantastic line clinton keller is has become uh, he is a dangerous hockey player he's right at his attacking peak right now um you know i would just want to get back to the abs and you were saying about the abs and the orders bob i think it's going to come down to this year just like it did last year i think in the end which team is healthiest which team has you know you can't beat the abs the Oilers can't beat the abs if dry subtle, and nurse on playing on one leg each and so the Avs have had poor health this year. Edmonton's had better health than the Avs. So I think if the are yeah, healthy... Haven't had,
0: they haven't had Landeskog all season. So I mentioned, that's an entire second line, right? Yeah. Godry, Burakovsky, and Landeskog. That's three top six forwards they've not had.
1: Well, he, i don't know if he's back or not. So it depends if if they're healthy. If the Abs are not healthy, yes, Edmonton will will have uh, an advantage over them. So, and we won't know this until the two teams meet because there's a lot of there's a lot of terrain. You know, if the Oilers face LA, we all know what happened against LA last year. I mean, Mikey Anderson, a, a dirty play after the whistle, hauling Leon Drysaddle to the ice, and you know that's when that's when you'd like to see an enforcer come in there and pound the snot out of that guy. But um, you know. We'll see if the, it's going to be a whoever has to play. If it's the Orders who play LA, that is going to be a really tough physical series, and I don't, I don't look forward to to that because it could uh, slow down the Orders considerably, even if they get by the Kings.
0: What's the biggest surprise? That McDavid's at 60 goals and 138 points. That Settle's reached 110 again, or that Nugent Hopkins is at 88 points right now, with 10 games left in the season. It's Nugent Hopkins.
1: I, I mean. <laughs> At the start of this year, I, my fear was, because we've seen this with other players like Nugent Hopkins, like Kyle Torres. Kyle Torres and Nugent Hopkins have had, you know, they had very similar careers through their, through their 20s. And when Torres hit 30, his game fell off a cliff and we've seen this before. So my fear was, uh uh-oh, are are we going to see this with Nuge? Like, I had this nagging uh, doubt in my mind. Instead, he's gone absolutely the other direction, playing with far more intensity. And, you know, his work in puck battles, he's far more ferocious. I I just think he's made up his mind he is not going to let these young guys come into the league beat him. Like, when he was a younger player, there was a certain amount of diffidence to his game. Like, he didn't... I just think there was, like, battling some of the veterans. He he was... he was a little bit hesitant but he is not going to let young guys come into this league and push him around he's pushing them around and then his offensive play bob like we have never seen him play with more confidence on the power play and i don't know if he worked on a shot in the off season but suddenly his shot is much more of a weapon than it's ever been so congratulations to that player for upping his intensity and i think his skill level
0: David, uh, great stuff. Thanks for uh, joining us in orders now. How do people follow you? Um, at the Cult of Hockey on Twitter. There you go. All right. Thanks, that Bob. is David Sables Cult of Hockey. Brendan, how are we doing? We good to go here? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. What, well, we, were, were you able to find it? The. the I mean, nobody ever gets excited. with fights breaking out all over the place. Mangiapane and Jason. Giordano has Gagne wrapped up. And Matthew Kachuk and Ethan Bear are going to drop the gloves. Bear belts him with the right hand. Kachuk counters with a straight right. Right hook, Ethan Bear. Left jab, Matthew Kachuk. And now we're going to have a goalie fight. That is a call. Hey, he's got that horsepower in his voice. He could just keep getting. That was an awesome call. Nobody turned away. I was there in the sound. Nobody, oh, no, I don't want to see a goalie fight. Nobody did that. It was awesome, and it was a great night for the Oilers because they kicked the living crap out of the flames in that game, 8-2. The only time it got better was last year in the playoffs. Even when Smith gave up that goal from Rasmus Anderson that tied at 3-3 after Edmonton had a 3-0 lead and was looking around like, what the hell happened? And Nugent Hopkins came back and scored the game winner, made it three games to one. Even in game five, I was thinking, oh, these guys can still come back. But you know what? It was the Oeders that came back from 2 nothing and 3-1 down and ultimately won 5-4 in overtime. Even when we had the flurry of the four goals in about... I don't know what it was. It was crazy. It was a crazy game. What did uh, Pete Blackburn call it? The cocaine circus of the NHL playoffs last year. The Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. It was awesome. It's also great when the team you follow wins the series. 5-1. All-time head-to-head Oilers against the Flames. 150 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up with this state Oilers history when we return. Uh, we got... At least, well, it's a page and a half, so that's uh, it's fifty texts per page. About seventy-five texts. at The end of the show about Jack's call. People saying gives me goosebumps. I even had guys uh, in the business sending me personal texts. Love that call from Jack. Gets me going. All right, uh, yeah, it was a it was a beauty. And it was an awesome night, and he killed it on the call. Start your vehicle journey your new vehicle journey at Brent Ridge Ford, the dealer that doesn't forget about you after a purchase. If you value fair treatment and full transparency, call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the Gang at 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is a 12-time President's Diamond Award club winner for customer satisfaction. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in and That's 12-time President's Diamond. Diamond Club Award winners for customer satisfaction. Tell you, and you can tell them, Oilers now sent you. As we go to List Day in Oilers history for New West Travel, you fly a private charter for a five-day golf getaway, Pinehurst, North Carolina, in October. Details, newwesttravel.com. Beautiful time of the year down in North Carolina. What do you got, Brendan? 1983, Mark Messier became the third player in Edmonton Oilers history to score 100 points in a season. He picked up a goal in a 7-4 loss to the Jets in Winnipeg. That year uh, Gadowski and Stoffer playing together on a line for Stu McGregor. We tried to do the European short side pass that Glenn Anderson and Mark Messi used to do. Where you drop it back short side when you go back behind the goal and the goaltender's thinking you're going to wrap the puck around and instead it's an open net tap in. I think we executed it three times that season. We however... Lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline so to play in the NHL. Guy Gadowski is the current head coach of the Penn State. Steve McGregor went on to be the owner's head amateur scout. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night. What's he got shaken? You'll hear from Kelly Rudy and head coach of the Grey Cup champion Toronto Argos, Ryan Dinwiddie. Ryan Dinwiddie. Wow. There was he not a quarterback in the CFL at one time for Winnipeg back in the day? I think That's he was. Great. You betcha. Uh, we got a loaded show for you tomorrow. Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe Store Service. George LaRocque. We'll join us on tomorrow's edition of Orders Now. Kurt Hill, the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kelburn, followed by Rob Reckner from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Chad with Chelsea Byrd from 3 to 6. Special thanks to all of you who participated in the interactive uh, segment on the show via the text line and on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow at noon.